Welcome, traders. Welcome to the SPACs attack. Let's get the show started. Welcome, welcome, traders, to the SPACs attack. And yes, yes, we have some liftoff. We'll be talking about a lot of stocks today. I mean, there's SPACs all over making moves. We're going to talk some short interest. We'll talk some Russell. But really, it couldn't be the show without the brains, the Crystalpedia, like I talked about on Beginner Trading Channel this morning. If you guys are joining us from that channel, definitely want to give a shout out. This is the man, Chris Ketchy. He does the writing for all the SPACs, so might as well be our SPAC expert, right? Hey, what's going on, Mitch? Uh, you know, SPACs, SPACs are back, right? We talked about it yesterday with Julian. We're seeing lots of movement out there, so what a great thumbnail for today's show with the Rocket. Um, but no CEO interview today, no interview from an expert so it's time to dive in and let's get into some trade ideas, you know. So we're going to look at some of the top shorted SPACs. We're going to look at some SPACs, uh, you know, former SPACs that could get added to the Russell 2000 indexes. And then I also have a trade idea, a stock that I bought, a former SPAC that I think has a good opportunity. But I'd really like to see our like count get up if I'm going to share that new pick of mine because I'm still working on scaling in with more shares. So say what? Yeah. Get that like. <laughs> All right, let's keep it going. You know, one of the things that we're going to get into is, of course, our headlines of the day like we do every single time. But this is when I'll go ahead and give a shout out. If you guys haven't gotten our newsletter, you know, definitely this is where you guys can stay up with SPACs. Let's just say you can't get to the show. You can't get to the headlines. Definitely, definitely. I would still get the newsletter. I even look at this in the morning, guys. It gives me a nice recap, summarized. You're not going to take longer than probably five minutes to read this newsletter, and that's what really matters also. So definitely, guys, check it out. In the description below, you can find that link to the newsletter. I know Zoten will enjoy that shout-out. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> right. definitely. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's get into everybody's favorite time right here where we get all the news and how you be informed out there. All right. Yeah. So we have a lot to get to with headlines, a couple deals, a couple rumors. And I really want to dive into, you know, the the trade ideas in that middle segment today, because um, I think that's important right now with some opportunities out there. But up first in headlines, we have SRAC, that's Stable Road Acquisition. Uh, so their merger partner, Momentus, signed a national security agreement with the Department of Defense and Department of Treasury. Um, on behalf of the company. So this is a, a big move for uh, SRAC and Momentus. Remember that the uh, founder actually stepped down from the company due to his ties um, in Russia. And there was some concern about a, a company, you know, with uh, some NASA deals going public and, you know, all of the behind the scenes work. So it looks like this deal will end up going through. There was some concern about it, but I, I think this is a positive step in the right direction. So keep an eye out on SRAC today. Then we have SNPR. SNPR, one of several uh, charging infrastructure plays. I, I do own shares of this company. Uh, so taking Volta Charging public. So they announced that they will be holding their first virtual analyst day on June 17th. So this is a key, right? Because we're going to get, you know, a, a, another look at some financials, some projections, and they're going to highlight some of that growth to analysts, hopefully get some upgrades, some initiations, you know, before they even get their vote, um, you know, to go through on this merger. So keep an eye out, you know, that is next week already. Um, so, you know, an exciting time for them. Then we have SoFi, S-O-F-I, which recently completed its SPAC merger. Uh, lots of news out with this one, and it was a runner yesterday. So shares were up yesterday on news that SoftBank 
took a stake in the company that's dated back to May 28th. Uh, but that's an exciting item there. SoftBank, one of the largest companies um, in Asia. And, and you know, I, there's some talk that this could help them get their uh, banking charter. And that SoftBank, you know, has full confidence that they will see that through. And then also SoFi underwriting the four new Chamath Biotech SPACs. This shouldn't be a huge surprise, right? Since SoFi ultimately went public via a Chamath SPAC. But SoFi, it looks like will offer... Uh, units to it uh, in those four new biotech uh, SPACs to its customers, um, which could be a good way for some of these, uh, you know, retail traders to get entry into SPACs that could see high demand um, with Shamas backing. We have FIII announcing a merger vote date of June 24th with Electric Mile Solutions. Uh, we will add that to our calendar, of course, which, you know, is filling up nicely for June. Then we have uh, one of our followers yesterday, HCON. Um, this company was rumored to be targeting Sport Radar. And Sport Radar, of course, a uh, data company uh, for sports betting companies, a thing behind the thing that has a duopoly with Genius Sports. Sport Radar is now going to go a traditional IPO instead Sounds like there was some uh, uh, disagreement about valuation. And a lot of that could be stemming from Genius getting the NFL deal because Sport Radar was originally valued, you know, at over $10 billion. But as soon as they lost that NFL deal, I, I'm thinking that maybe uh, Horizon uh, didn't want to value the company as high as they wanted. So Sport Radar is going to try traditional IPO instead. The key here is I think you can watch uh, Genie, right? G-E-N-I, Genius Sports, one of Mitch's favorites, one we've been talking about for a while. Um, that traditional IPO for uh, Sport Radar is a catalyst for Genius Sports because analysts and anyone who takes a look at Sport Radar is going to have to compare the main competitor and size up the market, which I think could lead to Genius getting some, you know, analyst action there too, right? We see the pair trade. I saw an article today, Mitch, you know, where the pair trade that RBC recommended was sell ride by FSR, right? If you're an analyst, you're always trying to look at who are the, you know, the winners in a sector, who are the losers. What do you think, Sport Radar, you know, ditching the SPAC? going traditional IPO. What do you think that means for Sport Radar? And what do you think that means for uh, Genius? Well, first things first, I mean, I, I just got to be as honest as I always am. Guess guess who just got Genie? <laughs> Me, baby. <laughs> I, I couldn't hold back this time, Chris. You know, I, I know we were, we, were watching that, we were watching that 18 and I said yesterday, uh, I don't know if we hit 18 again for a bit at least. So I, I saw I, this headline. Yeah, and I, I and love I it. it. I, I think you got to be ingenious before the NFL season starts. And I mean, we're only a couple months away, right? So, yep. I, I just got in, guys. 1950 was my entry. Not the best entry of the day. Definitely not at all. Um, you came back multiple times closer towards that 19. Started the day at 19. Then 1925s, another low at 1950, at, at like 1919. And then just started ripping here through 1950s now. But one of the things that I'm looking at is at the end of the day, if if this is going to go IPO, it, to me, there, there's two things, right? Either, like you said, I, I personally think what it was was that the valuation didn't match anymore because a lot of the partnerships that they've been having, a lot of the new uh, kind of contracts that they could have been winning, guess what? Genie's winning them. And that's what I've been noticing, guys. That's a reason why I'm so big on Genie. It's not just necessarily that I believe in, you know, Nicola Damasi. Is it's it's also that I believe in the stock itself. It's been getting the partnership deals. I mean, look at the NFL deal. I, I mean, it, it was a an investor in Sports Radar, but still going after Genie. I think this is something that I've been talking about. Why the competitive advantage is going towards genie right now yeah and, and genie for a while right had more of the international deals right it was a duopoly with sport radar but genius really had more of the you know the european the soccer data deals right and now they're really starting to encroach into the u.s and land deals with these major sports 
and also the major sports betting apps here in the U.S., right? They already had good deals with the European sports betting companies, but now they're landing deals here in the U.S. And I mean, I just think, you know, Genius is, like you said, I mean, they're they're taking over, you know, share from their rival. That's not to say Sport Radar isn't a great play as well. I, I like both, right? I, I think, you know, the whole thing... Um, but overall, I just think Genius Sports has uh, more room for upside. That's a great question, actually. Great question. So the, Euro, question. so the Euro 2020 I'm excited. St- starts on Friday. I'm so excited. I'm super excited. I, uh, I love, love, love soccer tournaments. Yeah, there's, I've got, there's something about the tournaments that, that is so great. I've got some articles coming, some betting previews coming to Benzinga. Parlay action? Uh, yeah, well, betting the winners of the groups. Uh, I'm looking at each group. We got group A through F. Um, this is a European tournament. I will be rooting for the Netherlands. That's where my family uh, Ooh, heritage traces back to. So go orange. But You want you know, my I, heritage? What's your heritage, Mitch? I know, but you tell everybody. Put it this way. It come out of the Bundesliga. <laughs> Germany, baby. Germany, you already know Dutchland, the Deutsch. Yeah, Germany though, it looks like they're in the the group of death, I believe. It's uh Yeah, they're always France, in the group of death. France, Germany, Portugal and another um where only two will advance. So Goodbye, Portugal. Yeah, I mean I I would I would bet on France and Germany, but again, you'll have to wait for that article, Ooh, France, but France has one of my favorite players. Most people don't know who he is, but Coleman, Coleman it's one of the fastest players in soccer. Yeah, and See you know, run. this is a great tournament where some of those players <laughs> right, really right, get yeah. to highlight themselves. Enough with that, but I'm Mitch, I did, find, I, I did find there's an article on Insider Sport where it says that the European leagues formed an agreement with Sport Radar, Genius Sports, and Stats Perform. So it looks like maybe both have data rights to the Euro, but that was a great question and, you know, led to us looking it up. So... Um, but we'll move on from Genie for a minute. Here, here's another uh, trade idea here. We have SPCE Virgin Galactic, which I do own shares of. I actually recently sold uh, part of my position. But I think they have another catalyst coming. And Mitch, this is a sneaky catalyst because there's news out from uh, ARS Technica reporting that Virgin Galactic may send Sir Richard Branson to space before Jeff Bezos. So Jeff Bezos, you know, just recently announced he's going to fly to space on the Blue Origin uh, spacecraft July 20th. Virgin Galactic is rumored to be sending Branson on a flight on the VSS Unity Spaceship 2 that could possibly happen over the 4th of July weekend, which would beat Bezos to space. Again, no confirmation from Virgin Galactic. They have even quoted, at this time, we have not determined the date of our next flight. This was originally expected to be a couple months away, but it looks like the race to space. Uh, Virgin Galactic may be stepping up their game here and really trying to push to to be number one uh, in taking passengers to space. So I've said it before. Virgin Galactic gets a lot of hate, right? But in the in the long run, if you're looking for catalysts, if you're looking at shares, every time that they a- announce a space flight, shares pop. Every time that sh- uh, space flight is successful, shares pop. Uh, on the backside, if they delay a flight, shares go down. If they have an unsuccessful flight, shares go down. These are the ideas that you need to look for. So now you have the rumor right, that they may send Sir Richard Branson to space by July 4th weekend. Today's June 9th, sometime between now and then, we could get an announcement from the company that I would expect would send shares higher. Um, You know, not financial advice, just a trade idea out there for people to watch. And then we got to get into our movers and deals. So yesterday's movers, I mean, there were so many of them. We talked about them on the show but among the biggest movers, we had Ride, R-I-D-E, Clover Health, C-L-O-V, Velodyne LiDAR, V-L-D-R, THCB, which is merging with Microvast, and SoFi. Uh, the big news came late in the day where shares of Ride went from being up big on the day to collapsing. That came from a amended 10K where the company said 
that they have going concerns to continue operations. They need to obtain additional funding to ramp up production for the endurance pickup truck. Um, and that their current budget only provides for a limited commencement of production in 2021. If you've watched SPACs attack with us, this shouldn't come as a surprise, right? Yesterday we said on the show that they actually got a, a notice from NASDAQ that they could possibly be delisted um, if they didn't file that new report. Um, they've faced fines for not paying property taxes, which I discussed on the show months ago. And then last month when they reported earnings, they said almost the same thing. They just didn't highlight and emphasize how dire their financial situation was. But they said our production could get cut in half because we don't have enough cash and our costs are rising and that they were looking at funding options. So guys, this shouldn't come as a surprise if you were chasing ride, you know, going up into the 15s. That that was your that was your selling opportunity. You know, I, I've been very bearish on this one, dating back to when Ford unveiled the electric pickup because I think ride just won't be able to keep up with the competition. And, and now this this warning from them about cash. I mean, I, I hope no one got caught in this one, but we will see. And we have a couple of rumors. We have uh, Vista Jets considering a SPAC merger. No ticker was mentioned. Uh, keep an eye on that one. That's a uh, company that uh, does, you know, private uh, small flights. Um, and then we have a another uh, flying taxi startup, Vertical Aerospace, uh, in talks to merge with BSN. Uh, this is coming from Sky News. Sky News, uh, you know, a major UK publication, but I haven't seen them as much in the, the SPAC land. But they're saying that this could value the company at $2 billion and that vertical aerospace is targeting its first commercial flights in 2024. Uh, of course, they would compete with, you know, Blade and Archer and others. So highly competitive market. And since they are not flying until 2024, I don't know if this one gets as big of a reaction. The big rumor last night, though, this is one that I'm following and watching. We have DCRC. Um, we have Solid Power, which is a solid state battery company backed by both Ford and BMW exploring a SPAC merger with Decarbonization Plus Acquisition Corp. 3, that's ticker DCRC, could value the company at $1.2 billion. In May, the company raised $120 million from investors that included Ford and BMW. And Ford and BMW have a working joint venture relationship that will help them secure batteries in the future. So solid state batteries are, are important because they're said to be able to speed up wide adoption of electric vehicles. They're safer and cheaper to lithium-ion batteries, which is a key. And remember QuantumScape, right? QuantumScape went public, uh, and it now has a market cap of $12 billion. They're also working on solid-state batteries. So, so $12 billion for QuantumScape and DCRC uh, bringing solid power public could value the company at $1.2 billion. I'm liking DCRC at $1.2 billion with the backing from Ford and BMW. You know, obviously Ford and BMW need new batteries for their electric vehicles, and they're going to be able to secure them, you know, from solid power. So I like this one. Shares were up 6% last night. Um, they hit $12 this morning. Um, I, I'm just watching for an entry point on this one. Again, the deal has not been announced. There's a chance it doesn't go through. Um, but it looks like we're starting to, uh, you know, maintain a level here. Um, so I'll be looking at this one later today and I'll let everyone know if I did get in. And then our two deals this morning, we have KVSA announcing a deal with Valo Health, which is a end-to-end -end human centric artificial intelligence driven drug discovery platform, valuing the company at $2.3 billion. Current shareholders will get 10%. Um, so, you know, they're working on uh, bringing several drugs to, uh, you know, trials. Um, so this could be a little ways away from really revenue and profitability. But biotech has been a hot industry for SPACs. So keep an eye out on this one. And then our other deal today, KCAC, Kensington Capital, which, of course, brought QuantumScape public in a prior SPAC deal, now bringing Wallbox public. Wallbox is a charging company. Um, this is being done at a $1.5 billion valuation. 
Uh, they create smart charging and energy management solutions. They design, manufacture, and distribute electric vehicle charging solutions for residential, public, and semi-public sectors. So, you know, unlike some of these charging players that make the big stations, you know, for for stores and out on the sidewalk, um, you know, and at uh, charging, uh, you know, parking lots, they do more of the residential side of things, maybe some big businesses that have a couple charging stations, you know, for their employees. Um, so operations in 67 countries, they've sold over 100,000 chargers since 2015. Um, they're, they're co-founder and CEO uh, previously worked at Tesla from 2014 to 2015, where he was a program manager for charging installations. Current clients for Wallbox include BMW, Ford, Nissan, Jaguar, and Hyundai. Um, you know, right now, manufacturing in Spain and China, they're going to add a U.S. manufacturing facility in 2022. Um, you know, great uh, growth ahead if electric vehicle adoption, you know, picks up as expected. Revenue $24 million last year, $79 million expected for this year. Um, they do have guidance all the way up to 2027, $2.1 billion. Uh, you know, notable to uh, say their compounded annual growth rate projections, 96.1%, which puts them ahead of both Blink Charging and ChargePoint, um, but a pretty high valuation. So we'll keep an eye out on this one. Uh, Mitch, that's what I've got. A lot of headlines there, a lot of rumors, a lot of deals. Uh, you know, and then we, of course, can get into our calendar, which, guys, hopefully, if you've been watching the show, you know all about our June calendar. You know all about the patterns that Mitch has pointed out on the charts. Let's face it, these companies that have merger vote dates in June are seeing movement in their shares. Um, you know, we, of course, can highlight several of them. But if you have not seen this calendar, make sure to take a look at it. What do you think, Mitch? Definitely, definitely. I mean, there's so much that's been going on lately in the spec industry that you got to stay up with it. You know, there's a lot of a lot of it's going on. A lot of it's kind of getting uh, kind of mixed up. Some people are just thinking that they're short squeezes. Some people are thinking that there's something else. So one of the things that's happening, though, is retail interest back in SPACs. And that's why I really think we're getting this kind of lift off that you see above my shoulder. And so that's what we're going to try to start seeing. Do we get this retail interest back? And then we start getting some momentum to really start pushing these SPACs. I mean, there's a lot out there. I've already taken profits. I'm out. I'm out of latch, guys. I'm out of latch uh, completely. I got out yesterday at 1230s, but not a bad move from 1026, right? And so uh, I want to be looking for this pattern to continue. I took a couple more in this pattern uh, yesterday, Chris, and it's already looking like it's paying off. I talked about FRX earlier in the day, and you guys saw how that rocketed. I'm looking for that to bounce back. You know, after the kind of the retail frenzy that was going on yesterday, they really started talking a, a big, uh, a lot about Beachbody. Another one that I grabbed is Kappa. Kappa's been doing great since I grabbed it. Um, that day, it was two days ago, and I grabbed it at 10.06. It's already up there to 10.55, and it's gone up there to at least 10.72 already. So I'm going to be keep watching that one. Another one that I got in, Chris, that was interesting. Remember yesterday that uh, Julian was talking about once, once back here, he was talking about VGAC, right? And we were talking about that one and we were, we were wondering, was this one going to get the same kind of pattern look, right? And so yesterday, literally, literally, I, it's kind of funny. I got in this one at $9.99. And, and the reason I got in at $9.99 is because I felt the risk was, was very minimal. What, what was it going to happen? It was going to go down to $9.90 or something. So I, I took the shot. And then in a couple minutes, I went downstairs. The next thing you know, I see this thing go, boom, baby. Next thing you know, it's up there to 1065s. I was texting Chris. I'm like, what, what is going on here? So yeah, I took my shot there, guys. I took my shot. And that's a VGAC. I, I got that one. I'm letting that one sit right now. Looking for that one to get back above $11. That's where I'll look to kind of get some shares out and let it keep going from there. One more that I just took, Chris, that's for next week. Next week, I'm looking for FTOC. 
FTLC. And, and, and the date on that one is, let me just look uh, at the calendar. June, June 23rd, got a couple weeks, couple weeks on FTOC. There you go. That's what, that's what I'm going to be looking for. I took my shot on that one. It's just, I'm a little early to the boat on that one, but I do like the name. And then that's why I also took it. I think it's a nice chart off of that kind of 1009 look. And, and believe it or not, I got in this one at a good, good price, man. Uh, 1016. And I'm looking to maybe average down if I can get closer towards this $10. And then we'll see if it can get through kind of that $11 look. Yeah, right, great, great point, Mitch. You know, that $10 level still in play here, right? And we're, we're seeing that, right? And if you look at the calendar, you know, a lot of the ones that have boats this week have already ran up to the 1050 or higher level. But if you look a couple weeks out, I mean, we still have FAII, uh, you know, ACAC, HEC. Those are all trading right around $10. Um, AACQ with Origin Materials, I think was 1004 this morning. Um, I put the link to the calendar uh, in the, the chat here, you know, make sure you guys check that out. Go through these tickers. There, there's some great votes coming this month. And, you know, we're going to see probably some some easy 5% moves on a lot of these. And 5% may not sound amazing, but you can you can get 5% in a, in a couple days. Or, you know, if you time your entry, you can get it in a day, you know, as Mitch saw yesterday, right? That, you know, these things are moving because the, the pattern's coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And the new pattern now, as we kind of talked with Julian, is instead of seeing these these 50% pops on the deal announcement, now there's this makeup trade, right? All these SPACs that are trading under $11, now they're starting to go back up towards $11 into the merger vote and after. I mean, you look at Latch, you look at um, you know SoFi, BarkBox, all those ones, they started to trade higher into the merger vote. And since the merger vote, they've gone up even more. So there's a couple, you know, waves, as, you know, Mitch likes to say, you know, the waves of the chart. So we're, we're calling it out, guys. And, you know, there's a chance that not all of them will hit. We haven't seen, though, in several weeks, a SPAC drop under $10, you know, right at the merger vote date. I think the last one to do it we had uh, ZEV Lightning E Motors and we had um, Blade BLDE do it. But over the past week or two, they've all traded over $10. Yeah, definitely. Um, one that I saw did do a little pop, but didn't con- do the continuation was JIH. So I'm keeping an eye on that one. Seeing it lift over the next couple of days would show that, hey, it just did a pullback and just didn't have as much interest. But one thing that I'm really focusing on is kind of more of the what I would call the sexy names, the ones that have the hype, the one that have the retail following. And, and, and that's another reason why I got into FRX. Um, yesterday, we had some monster, monster moves. Um, let's go ahead and let's get a little bit into our watch list. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about some SPACs, some recent D-SPACs coming up and, and get into some of those. But definitely, let's take a look at the watch list and then we'll kind of run through those as we get through it. All right, guys. But like always, guys, smash the like, guys. This is the best SPAC show in the world where you guys get expert interviews, CEO interviews. I think we've done, I mean, I, I can't even, uh, I've lost so count. Many. It, over, so many. Over, over 60, I would say, just a ballpark. But Yep. Yeah, let's and, let's get to Mitch. Let's get to 150 likes, and then if we do get it. there at the end of the show, I'll share what I bought yesterday and what I think could be a former spec that everyone should be taking a look at. But uh, you know, we Take we've got like. a lot we've got a lot to get to, so we don't have to necessarily get to that. I I want to see the likes get up. We've got a lot of viewers here. Let's stay engaged, team. Uh, but yeah, let's take a look at that watch list and what's moving, Mitch. Let's do it. Let's get into it. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's get right into it. Right off the top, I'll bring up Mile. You guys have heard me talk about this stock for a while now. Uh, it was one of my favorites just because it had a really good low PE. It's a value play in specs. Um, and, and this is one that I'm watching. I'm looking to see it if it continues. But, man, look at this chart over the last couple of days. This thing has gone just straight up, guys, just straight up. I like this chart, and I like when – stocks kind of do this little stair-stepping ladder move at first 
and then you see the big bars. Sometimes a lot of times when you get a big move, you get big bars first and then little bars. This one did little bars, little bars, little bars, and then a super extension now. It's looking great. This one's also uh, kind of an insurance play. So kind of the, a little bit of a value play here. One that I've been seeing recently make moves is skills. I definitely been seeing that one come off below. And this one actually what did kind of what I call the undercut and rally where it comes back towards that open look, cuts that, cuts below it, and then just starts rallying. This is a common thing that happens to IPOs. And it's going to be an interesting thing if we start seeing this commonly happen in SPACs. So anything Mitch, else can you here, pull up? Here? Yeah, can you pull up VWE? I forgot to talk about this one. Um, I, I actually mentioned this on the show yesterday, right? And I think it was around eleven fifty or twelve dollars. This thing got hot. Uh, it spiked up yesterday to it looks like about thirteen fifty. Yeah. We're now at twelve sixty five. I actually have call options in this one, and, and they're up significantly. I think this one is going to see lots of analyst action. Remember, it's a peer play wine company and there's other wine companies. There's other spirit companies, you know, traded their valuation to Napa, which, yeah, John Doe in the chat pointing out is very low. And I think there's a makeup trade coming. And I think this is the start of the move. But, you know, this was another one that was around $10 that if you got in right around that merger vote time, you, you've been rewarded. So, you know, another great one there. So, uh, but yeah, Mitch, you want to get to uh, some some short squeeze talk here? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's talk about some of the short squeezes that happened yesterday. Of course, I expected this move down a little bit today in Clove. I mean, I don't know if you expected another move up, guys. But I mean, this is what you kind of see when you get those momentum moves, squeezes up. This is a, a trade, not necessarily a long-term investment, at least from what I see um, people doing a lot out there. So as you can see today, it's coming all the way back down and could come to test that gap that it kind of made here at the 12s up to 16. So now you're seeing that reversal. And what you got to do is you got to find the next runner. And so yesterday we did see ASTS run, and I and I could also see this one pulling back a significant amount today. And there you go. You see it clearly. Um, we're going to see if this one can kind of hold kind of $10. $10 is going to be very important because it actually came ripping from $8, not $10. And so that's going to be an important level for me. Let it pull back to 10 and let it, let it go sideways a day or two. And then if you see it get back above that 10, then I could – I would myself even be looking at this one and being like okay and now now it's starting to look good i saw the hold of support at 10 we got we can get some buyers to step up here and they can come back up all right another one that def definitely did uh, make a move yesterday there's a couple of them that made some some bigger moves also but we're going to keep our eye out to see what's the next runner, right? And so right now I'm seeing Rice take a lead. This one's an interesting one. Um, big reason why I want to point this one out is that it held and held for so long. You know, when we were in those times of like kind of the sideways transactions that were going on in SPACs, look how this one just went sideways for so long. Since April, since that the kind of uh, announcement, it's just gone sideways and now it's really starting to push. So keep your eyes on this one. This one looks like it could continue running. That's a great call, Mitch. That's one that doesn't get talked about a lot. This is a, a an energy play, right? It's an oil um, SPAC merger. I think they're bringing two companies public, um, kind of creating a, a new oil company. And, you know, I hadn't even realized that this one was still trading up in that range, um, you know, trading, you know, sideways, as Mitch said. So, so many SPACs came back down to 10. This one, you know, look at that line. I mean, it just held steady there. So that's that's a, a good one to put on your list. Yeah, definitely. You know, one thing we're going to watch, and, and it's mentioned in the chat, we're looking at HOL. HOL got that news yesterday. One of the things that I'm going to be looking at, do we get other space specs to kind of start moving also I'm, I'm taking a look to see if we can get some moves um you're, you're seeing a nice push up there towards 12 the biggest thing is can we hold the close of yesterday to me the close of yesterday was 1162 so just kind of hold that level today and then go sideways and it'll be looking interesting for me what it's, do you think I would, I would call it out right now sfpw it looks like it's trading. Don't do it at, to me. It looks like it's trading at 10:04 today. And I said on the show yesterday that Black Sky announced their SPAC merger right around the same time as Kappa. Kappa Ooh. has their vote tomorrow. 
I think a vote date is coming anytime from Black Sky. And this is one of those space plays, right? It's a satellite company. Um, it's an intelligence company. They also are going to have satellites flying up with Rocket Labs, right? VACQ soon. So they've got some news coming. They've got a date coming soon. I, I, I This is one to watch right at that $10 level. So keep an eye out on this one. Yep, definitely, definitely. I'm going to be paying attention towards that news. I might even take a shot here closer towards 10. Yeah, I've 10 had this bucks. one before. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with just holding it for a while. And I'm starting to get back into that point where I'm trying to diversify, not be all in one play, just have a lot of different plays in the SPAC industry. Look for a pattern to continue. And that's how I'm attacking the market right now, guys. I've been doing good. I can tell you guys, you know, March was a struggling time for a lot of traders. I actually lost about 7% of my overall account and I've already made back in about a week and a half, 8%. So oh, just that, that, that alone kind of starting to show me. And a lot of that, about half of that was made purely from SPACs. So I'm going to be keep watching this and, and we'll keep watching if we can get some kind of other plays to move. Another one that you can take a look to see if it starts moving, SRAC. I did see it start moving a little bit yesterday. Let's see if it can get some volume and get past this $12 look. You see how you have multiple highs here that it's been trying to get above. You got high here at $13.49. You got a high here at $12.50. Yesterday, you got a multiple highs, $12.63. The day prior, you had a high what 1263 so that's that's what you call multiple highs in a level and what you want to see is a stock rip through that level and that shows you right there confirmation there you go bulls take control and the stock can start moving back up all right mitch can you put up on screen those list of the short percent data that we have so this data is coming from Finviz. Remember, guys, there's not really great sources out there for short percent data. You have to kind of look around. It changes, um, you know, weekly. The data is not ever, you know, as fresh. So this is just estimates. But what I did was I went through and on Finviz, I found stocks that had higher short percent than 20%. So you see this list right now. So I've got two lists. So this first one is former SPACs. So these are all companies that went public via SPAC. They've de-SPAC'd. But here you see the ticker. And then you see the percent of the float that is traded short. And, you know, as Mitch said, we've already talked about a couple, right? Clove, the big one, right? We saw Rand. So Clove had 36.1%. Nicola, 34.6%. Another big mover over the last couple of weeks. Mitch, the one that would jump out to me, right, would be Tattooed Chef, TTCV at 38.1%. You, you know, that's actually higher than the other two, according to this data. And Tattooed Chef over the last, you know, week, it, it really is trading essentially flat from where it was five days ago. Over the last month, it has climbed from, you know, 17 to 23 um, so it's had a decent move, but that's one of those ones where it could get circulated as a, a short squeeze again. You know, you see Playboy on this list. That's a popular right one, right, with some retail traders. It's got the name brand recognition. I think that's a continued short squeeze possible play. Um, GOEV is, is another one that actually was trending on stock twits today uh, as yeah, a, top, a, a top 10 ticker. And it's down 5% today to $10. It hit 12 uh, 15-ish earlier today. Um, but this is one that if you back out like over the last month, it really traded between $7 and $8. Um, so it's almost like a makeup play here where it's coming to the, the $10 level. And, and then it's also going over, you know, $10, um, you know, as the short squeeze. And uh Cole pointing out in the chat, Tattooed Chef can't keep new cauliflower dish in Costco. I, I think I did actually see an article about that. That That's a great point, right? I, I've said that, you know, with Tattooed Chef, they, they have that deal with Target. But Costco, also a major uh, customer of theirs. And, and if they're seeing, you know, products fly off the shelf, they've got a couple positive things going, right? They've got strong sales. They've also got high short interest. So, you know, I think this could be a, a play, Mitch, on a, a possible short squeeze. What jumps out to you on, on this list of uh, former SPACs? 
Well, I mean, you pointed out GOEV. I wanted to keep an eye on that one. The next one that I'm looking at to potentially maybe get a nice run up is that we've been seeing some of these that gotten short reports, right, to make a big move up, right? And so the one that stands out to me is the first one right there, XL. And I think this one could really get a push someday. Not, I don't know if it's going to be today, but it hasn't really – it's gotten a lift, but not a real drive, I feel. It got a lift from about 7 to about the high here of 964. Really what I'm watching is when do we get back above $10? Uh, because that's what I'm going to be looking for. Do we run into sellers there or do we get – actually buyers momentum there to push us up maybe coming up towards a resistance of like fifteen dollars so i'm going to keep an eye on this one who knows could be the next clove so definitely keep your eyes on x and then the the next part is current spacs um that haven't completed their deals there you see them on the screen um ccib jumps out obviously right that's a, a hot stock 26 percent short um you know, I, I again though I, I I own shares of this one, and I I just they they need to nail down that date, right? That's their next catalyst, and then they really need to get production. Mm-hmm. And as Mitch said yesterday, something you know that's more on my radar now is so many of these auto companies have faced chip shortages. Lucid so far has kind of kept that timeline going. What happens though if they end up facing supply issues um, with chips? You know, that could be a significant um, catalyst for the company. I'm not saying that will happen, um, but this one's already started to move up. Um, you can see on the chart there. So I yeah. don't know if this one gets a short squeeze. What do you think, Mitch? Remember yesterday, we kind of drew this kind of uh, resistance look here. So we were trying to see if this resistance was really going to hold here. And so the high was about 2730. And so we can look at it and, and look look where you get t- – Look where you get, guys, 2731 on that close. And and this is so important, guys. So definitely let's pay attention to see if it can get back above that level. Now it's really getting towards resistance. Now it needs to pull back and get the volume pump. Do you think this is really a volume pump? No, 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 no. This is kind of more of a volume pump. Do you see how that spike stands out? That was a spike that was based off of good catalyst news versus just a squeeze, right? And so this one actually looked better to me than this lift because this lift has no drive, no volume. And so I'm expecting to see a pullback closer towards that resistance, kind of the resistance from here. And then we'll see if it can really hold $24. That's going to be the price point for me and $24.50, that area. Once it gets into that area, let's see if it holds and then kind of rips back up. One of the things that I've been noticing and I've been hearing some chatter, Chris, is that potentially CCIV could be releasing that merger no, uh, vote date really soon. And I think if they time this correctly, that's how you see CCIV go to the moon. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's waiting for that that date to be announced. Um, and I, I think that's a key. Uh, it looks like the likes are starting to climb. Uh, let's let's get to 150. We still have some time here. I, I'd love to get to that trade idea. Mitch, let's dive into the next thing. So I mentioned let's a couple it. days ago that we have the Russell indexes doing their rebalancing. Now, this is a process where it, it started in May, where they started looking at companies. And then on June 4th, the preliminary list came out. And they're going to provide updates on June 11th, June 18th, and June 25th. That's the next three Fridays. And then the new index will take place after June 25th. So this list is not um, set in stone, but I went through all 10 pages, and hopefully I didn't miss anything. And I found all the former SPACs that are on the short list to get included in the Russell indexes. So um, you'll see up on the screen here, you know, that list includes, you know, a lot of popular names, um, you know, ChargePoint, Clover, Desktop Metal, DraftKings. There's I that feel list. bad, Chris. I had to leave out UTZ. It can't fit in the, in, oh, in the characters. So, so, okay. So, so guys, mentally add Uts at the oh, Yeah, end. mentally, mentally. U- UTZ, uh, it's a favorite of SPAC guru, Uts Foods. It, it pays a dividend. Um, but, Cheetos. But yeah, so look at this list, guys. That's, that's a pretty significant size list. Uh, and a lot of these companies are going to end up being in the Russell 2000. The Russell 2000 
inclusion means that, you know, ETFs are going to have to buy shares of these uh, former SPACs. Indexes will allocate to these. You know, that's important. They're going to get more exposure. And, you know, so what jumps out to you, Mitch, you know, on this list? Any uh, names on your radar that, you know, are most likely going to get added to either the Russell 2000 or Russell 3000 here? Yeah, so of course you're seeing a couple of names that I definitely keep on radar. ChargePoint has really stood out to me lately. Um, you know, I've been talking about this one ever since we really started getting through this 20, 26 level. I think it can really start uh, keep pushing. It's one to definitely keep on your radar. Another one that I like on that list, of course, DNMR, just because of the move that it put it in early in the year. I mean, look at that high, 6630, 66.30, and we've come back down all the way towards $16. And now we've made a move up towards 31 or 30. So look, let's look to see if this one can pull back towards 24 and then really get a lift through 32. Um, another one to keep on watch that I've been saying is going to get towards that. And I called a, a big price point on this one. Can we get it DKNG to 100 by the end of the year? That's what I've said. And I've got to be transparent, right? When I call it, I got to live with it, right? <laughs> I already called it. So I'm going to live with it. I'm sure everyone will call me out if it doesn't get towards that $100 level. But I hope they do call me out when it does get towards that $100 level. Because I think at the end of the day, it will get towards that in Q4. All right, guys. So let's look at one more. One more I definitely point out. Of course, one of my favorites, RSI, that I'm not in right now. And I'm crying about that. But hey, you can't cry about all of them. This is another one that I would stand out to me long term. I definitely do think gambling is just going to continue to move up. And I keep saying this line. I think some people got to really hear it. So they could hear multiple times, state by state, the revenues come in. Yeah, exactly. And then Mitch, let's put up that that final list here. So you just heard us mention two major uh, story ideas, right? Short squeeze, short percent interest, and then Russell inclusion. What happens if we take the two stories and we combine them? Mm. You actually get a short list of companies that appear both places, right? These are companies that could be added to the Russell 2000 and have a short percent over 20%. Guys, that's why we do the show, right? We bring you the due diligence, the story, right? I mean, Mitch's handle is story investors, right? We both talk story all the time. Here's your story. These are the stocks that fit both criteria. Uh, You know, I hope you guys are getting value from this show. You know, I went through, I did some research. These are the names I found. And again, those are all companies that could see a short squeeze and they also could see a move based on being included in, in the Russell index. That's a double catalyst in a short amount of time. So for that reason, you know, I, I have to at least look at all these names. Um, I, I, I probably won't look at Nicola, full disclosure, because you know, anyone who watches knows that I'm probably not buying shares of Nicola, but that doesn't mean it won't go up. We, we've already seen that. I mean, it, it's faced a lot of pressure and it's it's been moving higher. Um, you know, based on the short interest, based on, you know, now the inclusion. So so keep an eye out. This is your list right there, guys. Uh, what are we at for likes? 152 is what I'm seeing, Mitch. I, I think I'm going to have to tell everyone what I what I bought and uh, what I'm watching here. What do you think? I don't know, you guys. Smash the like if you guys like this information. That's what we do here, guys. We try to bring you that information. So definitely, definitely, guys, check it out, guys. Check it out. Um Hit that like. I mean, look look at this. He, he not only brought you guys the facts on both sides, he combined the stories for you. That's my man, Chris Ketchy, Chris Opedia. You guys know where he's at. Hit him up. Someone said in the chat earlier that Chris Opedia should have his own show. I mean, this this is pretty much – yeah. This I've, is, I've got this a is show. Chris's show. I've got a show right here with with my <laughs> this is Chris's show. My main man Mitch. I mean, we're the dynamic duo, right? You've got story from both of us. You've got the technical, um, you know, uh, charts from Mitch. You know, I, I think we complement each other well. So this this is a great show. You know, someday maybe I'll have a show outside of Spacs, right? Where I talk, you know, the the other stocks. But right now, there's so much to cover. You know, with Spacs and former Spacs where, you know, I think it deserves a a designated show, right? And, you know, you, our loyal viewers, I think have demonstrated that SPACs may have gone away for a little bit, but you could still make money if you paid it, you know, the right attention to it and played it the right way. And now with SPACs really coming back, 
I think it's a good time to be watching a, a designated uh, SPAC show. But, of course, I am a little biased there. But without further ado, guys, I bought shares of a former SPAC. That ticker is BFI Burger Fi. This is a, a fast casual burger chain. Uh, many of you may not know it because it is not in every state yet. But this is the company that topped the 2021 Fast Casual Top 100 Movers and Shakers list. Um, it, it's getting a lot of attention, and I think it could quickly become a, a meme stock, a favorite of Reddit traders again. Back in February, um, they posted, you know, get your tendies after hours at BurgerFi. Getting tendies doesn't need to stop at 4 p.m. I think they could easily launch a marketing campaign around that again with all the momentum. They recently reported first quarter sales, so revenue up 32%. Same store sales up 11% and, and revenue of $11 million. One of the keys to growth is digital orders, right? Which we've seen be a key in the restaurant industry. They had over 519,000 digital orders that was up 98% and made up 33% of their sales. I mean, that's a third of their sales were done um, digitally. They're, they're working on expanding several uh, ways that includes units, but also they recently hired a chief technology officer, a chief marketing officer, right? This is a company that needs to market. They need to get their brand out there. And then they also added Martha Stewart to the board of directors, which I think we discussed on a previous show. So again, someone asked in the chat, this is BurgerFi, BFI. So in the first quarter, they opened four restaurants. They have 21 in development, and they're set to open 30 this year. They're also opening ghost kitchens. So they're going to open 15 to 20 additional ghost kitchens. Ghost kitchens have been a key in the market, right? We've seen even Mr. Beast, right, launch these ghost kitchens where it's a, an existing restaurant that just does uh, you know, food delivery through partners like Uber and DoorDash. And, and they're expanding in that segment. Um, they ended the first quarter with 117 stores, 98 franchised and 19 corporately owned. They have international deals in Puerto Rico and Latin America and also Saudi Arabia, where they're opening their first store in the fourth quarter of this year. So feature uh, unit growth is coming from ghost kitchens, airports, institutional, and they're also looking to explore colleges, train stations, and sports stadiums. They've added curbside pickup. They were one of the first in the industry um, for fast casual and these better burger chains to add drive through. They, they, uh, you know, that's a key for them. And the the key here is to also look at valuation compared to peers. So back in 2020, Habit Burger, uh, which had 300 locations, was bought out by Yum Brands, the owner of KFC, Taco Bell, for $375 million. So 300 locations, $375 million, a, a similar company. Burger Fi, as I said, has 198 stores, or no, 117 stores, and, and they're trading with a $189 million market cap. Shares are at $11 right now. They hit a high of $19.92 over the last year. So there is a, a makeup coming here. And then also Shake Shack, right, is their direct competitor. So Shake Shack shares are up 59% over the last year. Um, and, and they have a $3.75 billion cap. Of course, Shake Shack is larger in size. They had revenue of $155.3 million uh, in the first quarter. Um, but they're seeing strong digital growth and they're adding drive through locations to, you know, uh, whereas BurgerFi already has drive through locations. So Shake Shack has 320 locations in 30 states. The majority of theirs are domestic and are company owned, whereas they have 22 that are franchised and 107 international franchise stores. So to me, BurgerFi is already working on franchises right, which cuts down their operating cost. They, they have better comps. They, they have the stronger digital growth. They have the room to grow, right? They're adding that marketing officer. They're adding Martha Stewart. So Shake Shack is growing, but I think Burger Fi is going to grow faster. I, I, I'm long in BFI, and, and I think at a market cap of $189 million, this stock has room to run 
Um, I think, you know, valuation compared to peers. And then also when you add in, I mean, the potential of this being a, a retail favorite, right? As those locations expand. And then also if they, you know, what if they do a marketing campaign, Mitch, around those tendies again, right? I mean, tendies became a, a, a word used by retail traders here. They embraced that in February. I want to see them embrace that again. What do you think about BurgerFi here, BFI? I think this chart is one of the best ones to look at. And it's really all about what competitive advantages, right? You guys know, you guys hear me say that all the time. That's what I look for in companies because I want to see them compare to each other. And I know that a lot of them, what are they doing? They're just trying to fight for the pie, right? The slice of the pie, right? And so what do you want to see is what do they do and what do they, how do they separate themselves? And if the, those separations, are they high trending areas in society themselves? And so let's focus in here. Let's, 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 let's look in, right? What do we got? All right, so we're going to compare them really to three major competitors, Five Guys and Shake Shack. Let's just do those two, and let's talk about these three. So what's the difference here? First things first, you can see it right here. It looks like they got the better beef. The better beef might just bring over some people to actually go towards that one because if the price is similar but you can get better quality, where are you going to end up? at the better quality. And so you can keep coming down look at the offerings. They have plant-based protein. I think they have that beyond meat burger. Um, if, if I'm not to be mistaken, but I'll definitely look into it, which, which one it is that they have that plant-based protein, but the fresh cut sides, something also that gives an advantage to what to five guys, but five guys doesn't have a lot of that, that is offered here by BurgerFi. And so there you go. There you guys have it. Really what this is, is all about kind of what I call the craft burger restaurants. Uh, crafting burger restaurants actually opened up as you saw continued trends in fast food. But one of the things you did see in fast food is that even the fast foods themselves had to change. Like, let's say the McDonald's, the Burger Kings, um, they had to even change their restaurant look, try to look a little bit more cleaner. And what these restaurants really do is give that look, a cleaner look where you can get that fast food, but at a quality. And, and that's really what you're seeing here. Mitch, can you pull up uh, slide four again, the, the U.S. map? I see uh, someone in the chat here asking where's their location. So the, the majority... The majority of their their stores are in the south. They have a huge presence in Florida, but as you can see, those states in green they they are at least present in in a decent amount of states. And, and one of the things about uh, doing franchises, right, is that they're finding franchise partners to open, you know, multiple units in areas. Right, that's a way for restaurants to quickly expand is through franchising. And, and I think they've got a good brand here. And I think, you know, adding Martha Stewart to the board is, is a key. But, you know, as Mitch pointed out, look at them compared to the competitive advantages. Yeah, they've got to deal with Beyond Meat, right? They've got better burgers. They've got plant-based burgers. They're an ESG play. They put that right in their presentation that they're about sustainability. Um, you know, not every burger chain can say that. And, and to me, I just, they, they just added a chief marketing officer Let's see what that does. If you look at their Twitter, their Facebook, they don't have as many followers, but all it takes is a couple good campaigns. And this thing can really get good brand awareness. And, and I like BFI. Yes, teach us in the chat. They did already de-SPAC. Um, so this is trading as BFI. And again, guys, a market cap of $189 million. You, you know, that comparison chart that Mitch showed had shake or uh, had a, uh, um, uh, what else was on there? Five Guys and Smashburger. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those companies is public, but there's rumors that maybe they get a SPAC deal. So that's another play here is what happens if a competitor gets a SPAC deal, you have another valuation to compare to. So right now you can compare to Shake Shack. And then also in 2020, Habit Restaurants, you know, got bought out by Yum Brands at 380 some million dollars. I think Burger Fi, it's not necessarily an acquisition target now, but maybe down the road by, you know, a company, um, you know, that's looking to add a burger chain to its roster. So that's my trade idea, guys. Um, you know, uh, full disclosure, I am long shares of BFI. Thanks for getting the likes up. Um, that's going to do it for SPACs Attack. As a reminder, tomorrow on the show, we've got Dr. Jonathan Rothberg joining us. He's the founder of Butterfly Network, BFLY, and also QuantumSci. 
going public, ticker CAPA, which I own shares of. I think Mitch said he owns shares of as well. Um, so we're excited to dive into that. But stay tuned for Power Hour. Uh, Mitch, I, I know they've got Tilray coming up on the show today. T-L-R-Y, a, a cannabis stock Say that, what? you know, I, I heard it's getting some interest from uh, retail traders out there. So Tilray coming up on Power Hour for an interview. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for Power Hour. Yeah, they got a bunch of people on there. So definitely stay tuned up next. You guys will enjoy it. Definitely Power Hour. But like always, guys, stick stick with us, guys. We're going to be back tomorrow. We got a great, great interview tomorrow. I'm super excited to have B-Fly on. So definitely come by tomorrow, guys, as we're going to go ahead and get into B-Fly. Talk everything about it. This is one stock that I think I, even myself, underestimated. So definitely stay tuned, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with B-Fly. Oh, <laughs>